The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth. Joining me today is Jerry Karaya, and we've got a lot to talk about on The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I've got a few articles. Just just grabbed a few little headlines off, off, the, um, off the computer today before we started, because I thought it was that type of week. It, was, it wasn't like the market did a whole lot per se. There wasn't a grandiose news across the board. But I thought these small little headlines kind of built up over time. So mm-hmm. I thought I'm just going to throw these out at you, good, and good. see what see what your response to, see what your responses to them are. I'll try so my best. the first one is, um, which is not on my desk actually. You heard about who was it? The Deutsche Bank trader that got uh, yes. uh, got um, he's he's doing time for yeah. spoofing in the market. That's right. So there you go. Um, Conspiracy theory, no more. The market can be manipulated, although I maintain that the spoofing are really low-level. This is low-level criminality type of stuff. You know, you've got, uh, you know, one-off people who could say, oh, I'm just a rogue trader who decided to spoof, even though you know you need many people involved Mm -hmm. to do spoofing in the market. What's spoofing? It means means putting a trade into the market saying, we're going to sell, and then pulling it right away. But the signal shows people that, oh, there's going to be some selling. So they dump. You never sold anything. Price goes down. You buy it all at the lower price. And so that's kind of a, a quick tutorial on spoofing. And uh, that's what this guy got busted for and is doing time. He's not the only one, but uh, there were uh, numbers and numbers of, of traders getting caught with this. It was a big story last year or mm-hmm. the year before. Let's Let's jump into some other ones. So the FBI raided a whole bunch of lockboxes a couple weeks ago. Did you hear about this? No, but uh, I know they have been on a rampage with some lockboxes in Miami. So this is this is a very interesting thing. So the the FBI, um, you know, said that, oh, there's criminality here, there's safety deposit boxes in Beverly Hills. And they went in and seized all the property. Which is which is pretty stunning, and if you just think about that on its own, now a judge has blocked the FBI from seizing the valuables and confiscating the value valuables. Um, the FBI attempted to take as much as eighty six million dollars in cash, jewelry, gold, and other valuables. Wow! And they're saying that the that the owners of the safety deposit boxes were engaged in criminal activity. Yet, the agency has not publicly disclosed any evidence to support the allegation. So this is, this is a very murky type of article uh-huh. or story, I should say, because the, you have a government agency in the States just seizing assets. Right. They're not telling you why. They're not giving it out publicly. Mm-hmm. And the judge is saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe whatever they're disclosing privately mm-hmm. is showing that this was this is not good. I, I don't know what to think of this. Is this just do not trust the FBI? Is this your safety deposit box is not so safe? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you make of it? I mean, I had a conversation with a good client during the week. I visited him, and um, you know, he's an older gent, 
very sharp though. The seizures have been happening uh, for a very long time, and it's um, it's kind of refreshing to see that the judge is putting a halt to this, and um, very reassuring that you know we could be be seeing an end to this type of irrational behavior by the FBI and other government agencies, uh, quote unquote government agencies, uh, doing this kind of thing. So, I mean, there's good in every good in every batch. Uh, you have some uh, very um, you know evil entities inside of every corporation or every you know bureau like the FBI but um, this is uh, another reason why we should be uh, be very mindful of the inventory that you keep and how you're keeping certain things yeah you know just judging by the picture of this it looks like they opened up a lot of safety deposit boxes it wasn't like they just opened up one single thing they went after it looks like they may have went gone after a few I'm not quite sure but it is kind of something to consider here about, well, how safe is my safety deposit box uh, from the government? I've seen this type of thing before. You've heard about government seizing cash from a car, right? Mm -hmm. They're not allowed to to be looking in your trunk, but they did, and they seized the property. Right. So, you know, look, you got to, I guess, they're, they're, you're right. There's kind of good cops and bad cops. But maybe let's take this over to, let's add another another side to the story, another facet here. Because there's a, an article, great, great title. We're going to dig into it because I think it's a little misleading. Bolivia moves closer to gold confiscation with the latest law-blocking bullion sales. I, I get triggered when I hear the word confiscation. Um, but basically what it's saying is that Bolivia is essentially nationalizing the mining. Right. And they're saying that they don't want – they want to fulfill – the building up of their gold reserves first before they allow the miners and the refiners to sell that product abroad. They're saying, yeah. uh, they're saying they're saying it's basically it's basically a Bolivia first movement. Yeah. Right. That's it's, nationalization. It, right. Yeah. It's a it's a, a MABA. Mm -hmm. They, they want to make Bolivia great again. And um, so, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I think this is something that I've talked to lots of clients about who are concerned about, again, quote unquote, confiscation, this idea of if I buy a physical asset, how do I know it's safe? How do I know the government's not going to seize it from me? Right. And I honestly believe that, look, it's much, much easier to nationalize a mine and and just mine the crap out of it mm -hmm. and get the gold that you need fast than go door to door to 2% of the population who have probably hidden their gold quite well. Exactly. Right? Uh, so I so I think this is a this is to me is a confirmation of my of my theory. Is a confirmation for me as well. Uh, I had this conversation about 5 or 6 times this week and it's a conversation that we have to have. Uh, Jeremy, you and I both own some physical precious metals and we we own it in the vault. Uh, which we believe that is the best place, you know, besides having a little bit of bullion in your possession, you want to have some coins and whatnot strategically. But the main, your main stockpile should be held, uh, segregated, allocated in your name, titled where you have liquidity and full insurance. But for sure, the average Canadian, I would say probably one out of 30 owns some physical gold. And to actually, you know, what, what a futile move it would be for the government to try to go door to door uh, to every Canadian to, to take their precious metals. When you have when you have an abundance of resource rich 
uh, land in, in Northwest Territories, etc., up there, and you, which you can easily nationalize the mine, take control of the mine, or do what Canada has done and, and has done in the past and sell some crown land uh, over to some of the creditors as, as, as they did to China before. So you can easily uh, finalize a real estate deal in Canada, uh, nationalize a mine in about a week or two, instead of uh, trying to confiscate Canadians' gold. And again, Canadians, we don't own as much gold as we should. Right. Um, we own other assets. We are enamored by real estate, understandably. Uh, but the average Canadian owns no gold, which we're working on, right, Jeremy? That's right. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. And going back to this uh, FBI raid slash confiscation, that I think as well, that is actually another positive towards having the product in a vault, because I think if if you had uh, a law enforcement saying we're going to come in and take this. The, the vault for insurance purposes is going to protect that product and say, okay, you better give us proof. For example, this proof that the FBI won't show. It's it's like, you better show us exactly why this person that we're holding this product for has partaken in criminal activity, that this is not their product, essentially, mm -hmm. is what that is what this comes down to. So I think that's, again, another, another, I'm surprised the bank in Beverly Hills didn't do that. That's right. I you know, know. It sounds like they rolled over on the FBI on that one. But and we won't for our clients. I mean, we're a private institution, we're a private firm, and we, we understand the importance of privacy, and we understand the importance of, of transparency at the same time. When you're dealing with a bank, obviously you and I both have bank accounts. We have to unfortunately deal with the banks to pay our bills, etc. But they will volunteer information if they have to. We're at Guildhall, we're private, and we understand your concerns. <clears throat> yeah, and, um, you know, again, finally, just to kind of close up on this, I think that from a vault perspective, they have insurance obligations, and they better make sure that they're not just giving up the product to someone. It's the, you know, because they have the insurance obligation to their clients. Um, we've got another quick article here um, through Routers. Central bank digital currencies get full Bank of International Settlements backing. What is what is that all about, Jerry? Well, it, this month, the month of June, we're concluding. Uh, this has been a busy month. Biz is the keyword here. The BIS has been very busy this month. The Bank of International Settlements, obviously, we're all anticipating the big Basel III rule changes that are happening at the end of the month uh, that it will impact gold. And they're also being very vocal now about uh, central banks and offering them the ability now to get into the digital currency market and offer their own central bank. Is it a sovereign currency? Will it eventually be merged into an IMF FD, SDR type one world currency? But we don't know. Right now, they're saying that it's going to be central bank. So every nation right now has a central bank and they have the ability to get into the crypto space. So it's really central bank cryptos or private cryptos, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Litecoin. We've been talking about this on the show. Central banks do not like competition. So the push is on. Central banks want to get into the crypto game. They want to be the only game in town. We'll touch base a little bit more on that in the next segment. And also, what central bank is buying gold for the first time in two years? We'll let you know on the other side of the break. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show, and you're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about physical gold, physical silver. We'll get into some natural fancy colored diamonds, all ways that you can protect your wealth and prosper during these uncertain times. In the last segment, we were just discussing that a, that a central bank is buying gold for the first time, and it's it's the National Bank of Poland, Jerry. They've increased their gold reserves by 230 tons, and it pointed to the possibility of introducing a strategy that provides for the purchase of 100 tons of gold to the domestic reserves over the next few years. Interesting. It's always interesting when a central well, bank kudos. is buying physical gold. Uh, they understand the idea of sovereignty and they understand that gold is physical money and it produces a sense of confidence in the currency. So, again, it's a strategy for wealth preservation, which ultimately is what is what's going to create prosperity for that country. So Poland is looking out for its people. Can't say the same here. No, and looking forward, that is uh, the key here and how to how to prepare for what is happening. We are definitely in unprecedented times, uncharted territory as far as debt goes, as far as debt to GDP ratio goes, etc. Uncharted times requires planning, prudent planning and strategy. And as we see central banks around the world, prudent ones, Russia, now Poland, hats off to you for... Uh, acquiring the physical and for the listeners of the real money show our motto one of our mottos yes is to you know if you cannot hold it you don't own it but become your own central bank if it is good for the central bank if it's a strategy of the central bank we need to think of our own strategy and what's so important about gold well the, the three the three strategies or the three tenets would be strategic asset allocation hedging and tactical which i'll get into more but definitely uh, a sign that if it is good for the banks, the central banks, it has to be good for our families. Yeah, you follow the smart money, right? Yeah. And going just going back to the idea of confiscation, you know, I get that question a lot, and I always I always start my response with, well, let's give credit to the government through taxation and inflation. They've done an incredible job of confiscating your wealth without you thinking about it, without you doing anything about it. So here we are, we want to buy something and acquire something that is going to protect our wealth and protect against the fact that the government, through deficit financing, deficit spending, is printing money faster than you can earn it and destroying the value of that currency faster than you can protect it. Exactly. So you want to, so it's very easy to just own an asset like physical gold, <clears throat> physical silver, because you can look in the recent past last 10, 15 years, and you know that it's beat inflation big time in a very safe way as a traditional asset. And you can go back thousands of years and see the exact same thing because ultimately gold is stored energy. It's inert. It doesn't, it doesn't erode, it doesn't decompose. You, you put a, an ounce of gold in the ground and a thousand years later, it's still there. Dig it up, brush it off. You want to convert it into the the legal tender of whichever currency country you're in. You can you, you can, can do, do that. that. So yeah. there's so many features of gold that make it 
perfect for money. And we're not talking about currency. We're just talking about money, meaning a store of value, something that's not volatile, something that's easily divisible, that's transportable, all of these type of things. Now, some could say the same thing for cryptos, though, as well, Jerry. What, what are your thoughts in, in terms of do you even believe anymore in the gold to crypto comparisons? Um, at first, I mean, it was easy to get drawn into that comparison years ago where we had uh, the introduction of Bitcoin and a lot of uh, European citizens. I mean, Cyprus is going through their issue with the banks, um, you know, bailing, doing the bail-ins in Cyprus and Greece. So a lot of uh, the rich oligarchs were using the Bitcoin to get their money out of the market, get their money out of the banking system. So, you know, it birthed a lot of in inquiries and curiosity in myself. But as time progressed, um, we noticed counterparty risk here, there, um, you know, and questioning the idea of this crypto what, what, being... What do you mean, uh, counterparty risk? For example, you have the risk of energy power, specifically if, you know, if the power goes out with the cryptos, you can have some of the miners decide to sell. There was a widespread uh, mark, uh, you know, market dump for these miners in, in China who knew that there was going to be a blackout and decided to dump some of their, uh, some of their, their holdings. Uh, okay, but let, just on that, for example, I mean, you get that in the gold market too. You can get it in any market. It's called insider trading. Very true. But at the same time, the market cap for, for gold is very large, even though there is a potential. True. Um, it's the largest in the world. Right? right. It's the largest market cap. And you have, um, you, you, it's a calmer market. Um, it's a tested market. It's a market that has been through generations uh, of, of, you know, wars and, and fat tail events, uh, you know, systemic crisis. But, you know, crypto is very new. Um, has it, can it weather the storm? And we don't know. Well, again, the ultimate the ultimate uh, feature of cryptos is, and people can debate on this. I mean, you can feel free to debate me on this, but it has no innate value, right? Gold and silver have an innate value in terms of they can be used for other things. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not just talking like, oh, well, a rock could utility, be used right? for other things. You no. could you could turn it into a, a you know a stone. Uh, Spears, whatever. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that it has incredible usages, which gives it innate value. The properties that it has gives it innate values. We've just discussed those properties a few moments ago. So now what you're left with on cryptos is the network itself feeding into the network itself, which is what gives it value. But I mean, that that's that's you could say the same thing about any pump and dump stock. I mm -hmm. mean, as long as people are buying it, it's it's worth something. OK, but that's not that's not a, a, that's not a tenant of tenant of something that's going to last forever. And so ultimately, when it comes to a crypto and I'm sorry if we're trying to, you know, if it seems like we're beating on it because it's down. But, um, you know, the fact is, it is untested in in major crisis events. And if you asked me where would I want to put my net worth through like a 2008 like crisis that might have a magnitude, right, of X, do I want to have it in a crypto that could drop to zero, they turn the lights off, whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So no, I probably want to have it in, in a physical asset like gold, or natural fancy color diamond, something that I can hold in my hand, and I can get through it. And I think a lot of the stuff with cryptos as well, Jerry, and I'll bring this back to you is there's a lot of, uh, you know, like gold backed cryptos or things that are like, well, one day in the future, you'll want to trade your gold, 
right? What do you make of the gold-backed crypto stuff? Is that something yeah, that we had a client had, asking us yeah. about one of those this week saying, well, what do you make of this gold-backed crypto? Because uh, there's about, I don't know, there's got to be like a dozen of them at this don't point. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we understand the common denominator between crypto holders. I mean, I'm a crypto holder. I'm not sure if you still are, but I'm a crypto holder. I still hodl. Uh, but... You know, the common denominator would be to escape the fiat system, escape the currency manipulation. We share and, that. Yes, I we think, do. I think that's the, a big, the a big thing risk. we share between the two. Of course. Um, and then you have the question of, you know, do we want to have a gold-backed cryptocurrency? And the idea of, of this, we were given that opportunity, actually, to offer this to our clientele. And we slept on it for weeks, and we, we measured the risks, the counterparty risks, and things of that nature. But it became clear after the analyze, and analyzing of throughout history that gold has always been your wealth insurance. And as such, you do not spend your insurance because when we think about the utility of gold and silver, they have many utilities, not just a currency or trading or money, and it has uh, the silver, the number one conductor for electricity. Gold has the attribute as well, solar, innovation, et cetera, et cetera, health. But for cryptocurrencies, pretty much it's about sloshing money around the world. Where do I send it next? Where can I spend my crypto? So, um, so, but you know, gold and silver, for us, it's not about spending your gold, it's about keeping it. and. You know, and allowing it to be there and being thankful that it's there if you ever need to. But if you don't need to use your gold in the future, then then life has been pretty good to you. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. So essentially, Jerry, it sounds like you're putting those type of, and I'm going to say investments versus assets, um, into the into the file of like mining stocks. It's like if you have your physical metal and you're happy with the size of the physical metal portfolio, Okay, you want to keep diversifying within the gold sure. sphere. Yeah, there's mining stocks. You can do there's that. there's there's gold backed cryptos. There's other there's other ways that you could you could get involved and uh, and you know if if you feel like oh I've got enough gold bars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean going back to the crypt gold backed crypto, thinking about what am I going to spend that on? <laughs> a T-shirt, some pizza, maybe? No, you're not going to. Maybe a Swiss watch or something like that. I wouldn't understand. But beyond that. <laughs> I'm not spending my gold. Thank you very much. Yeah, that that's that's uh, something that the, a lot of these gold back funds or or technologies push is this idea of well, it's going to make it easy. Gold is going to be back to real money one day, and so therefore you're going to need this type of platform to be able to spend it. And my response to that is, why would I want to spend it right now? It's so incredibly undervalued. Yeah, maybe when gold's trading at ten, fifteen thousand dollars an ounce, I'll consider. I'll consider using that that platform, but for now, why not just buy the physical ounce at right. this point? Exactly, and that's the and that's the the fundamental reason uh, for uh, buying your gold and having it physical. So, Jerry, how does someone get into the physical gold and silver market? What's the best way for them to start? Having a discussion, even going onto our website, guildhallwealth.com or guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Keep an eye on the inventory. It's always changing. Keep an eye on prices. But you can always get in touch with us after listening to us on the radio show. Get in touch, one eight seven seven eight silver and speak to Jeremy or myself or Paul for, you know, pick our brains. We're always here to help and 
consultations are always free. We would love to hear your, some of your concerns, some of your passions even, and why you're looking at the gold and silver market. There's such opportunity in this market, such topside potential. The forecast for silver into the hundreds and thousands, all because of reset talk. And these are huge topics, and you cannot be uh, ignoring these talk topics whatsoever. Okay, let's let's touch base on that for, for a moment on where the price of the metals could go. How is it that gold or silver, let's say silver, could go quadruple digits? Is that a possibility? How does it get there? What would it look like? What would the market look like at that point? Could it, could it actually be possible that silver not only breaks the all-time high of $50, but breaks $100 and continues from there and just keeps on going? Let's look at that. Let's see how that's going to work. Is it a possibility? Is it something we should be excited about? The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Now, if you want to acquire physical precious metal in a registered account, you can do that with Guildhall. We help you open those accounts. You're going to buy physical gold, physical silver, your own product. It's going to be physically allocated to your own sub-account. You know, I just did a photo audit for a client. Oh, did you? Yeah, they can't go to the vault right now because we're not in phase three yet. Great to know. But we did a photo audit. They had their account number at the top, the great pictures of the product that's being held there. And um, and we got it done very quick. I think it was a two-day turnaround. So super. the client was super happy mm -hmm. he, that he could have that peace of mind knowing, okay, that I know... I can visually see what my product is that I'm holding. You know, equally, I just had a client that I was speaking to saying, oh, I was talking with a gold-backed fund and they won't let you remove the product. I said, because you don't actually own any physical yours. product and they don't want to convert product. It costs a lot of money, so they'd rather just not, it's just not their platform, right. unlike what we do. Right. If you decide, oh, I, I want to take out $20,000 worth of gold or silver, that product's already yours. That's it. that's what's going to be delivered to you. So contact us at Guildhall. We'll show you how to protect your wealth with physical gold, physical silver in a registered account like an RSP, Lira, LIF, RIF, TFSA, and even your RESP. What a great idea. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, and we'll speak to you on the other side. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back. The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. If you want to learn more about getting involved in the physical precious metal market, just give us a call, go to the website, and we'll show you how to get involved and happy to answer all of your questions. And as you said, Jerry, hear your story, get to know you. Just in the last segment, Jerry, we were talking about the possibility of silver breaking 100, and not just breaking 100, but is it possible that it could go to a thousand? Mm -hmm. Well, this is um, something that's been written about for a very long time. That the topic of gold going over, meeting to ten thousand dollars an ounce, and why is that? This, the issue is the financial trust. There is no trust anywhere in the global financial markets. You could, you've, you know, went through the two thousand. Why is that? Yeah, you know, why is there no trust? Two thousand eight was a debt problem. They solved it with more debt, with more quantitative easing. As time progresses, the, the level of trust gets eroded, and we're at where we're at today. Another five years, which, which is what uh, Egon von Greyes from Gold Switzerland wrote, 
or Matterhorn, he says another five to 10 years of the trajectory for the U.S., then, then they can hit one quadrillion in debt. Where is the trust? Who will trust a nation that has one quadrillion in debt? What would the debt to GDP ratio be at that time? So how do they address this issue of debt and trust? Well, you have to bring back the gold system. You have to bring some type of maybe potentially a rainbow currency, rainbow backed where you have some gold, silver, platinum backing up the currency. We're seeing this. We're seeing the central banks moving towards gold. Right. And, yeah. and potentially and now this world central banks are launching a new campaign, says the CBC, the trusted CBC <clears throat> against cryptocurrencies. There's a campaign against if you're holding these cryptos, they want to have their own. So there's a move and there is a, a major move. So if there is a quadrillion in debt, you know, how do you guarantee this debt? You have to bring some trust back to the system. You bring the gold to the system. And what happens then? You can't just have gold. I mean, for example, the U.S. has 8,000 tons sitting in Fort Knox, uh, potentially. And I do believe it's there. Uh, the, the last audit was in the 50s. Okay. <laughs> I do believe it's there. It's a national security. But that, that's another story. 8,000 tons at today's price of 1,800 per se. Um, that's about $260 billion worth of gold. Not enough to back up, back up you know, any type of system. If you're thinking about down payment, you need to have 20% down, 10% down, or 5% down to buy a house. Well, what is the good collateral to finance to back up all of that debt? You got. So you're talking about in. like a fractional reserve currency where it's not backed a hundred percent, but it can be backed by like twenty percent or thirty percent. of gold being, you know, forty percent weight. But even you would, with the gold price at where it is, it's not enough. So what has to happen? You either pump out some gold, but you know we're not getting that. We're pretty much literally at peak gold. You have to revalue the gold price, and the revaluation would be anywhere from ten to twelve thousand per ounce. And where would that put silver? If if the silver to gold ratio goes back to where I believe it's going to go, twelve to one, that's a thousand dollars U.S. per ounce silver price. Why can't it go there? You have Ethereum hitting four thousand with something that has uh, zero utility. And yeah, you do have the DeFi, the blockchain. Listen, I love the blockchain. I believe the blockchain is a very uh, it's just, it's the future. But the coins on top of those, uh, on top of the blockchain, we have to question. With some gold, then we, have, um, then we have a future and trust back to the system. So if we're looking at the fact that, you know, gold could easily go to 10,000, I thinking about Basel III for a moment, knowing that they need the physical now, it's going to, they need 100% of the physical and they can use that for collateral for other things. Once you're in that position where you're forced to have the physical gold, you now, as having that quote-unquote collateral, want it to be worth as much as possible. So you actually have an impetus for the, for the central banks or regular banks to want to have much, much higher prices because that's their collateral. That's right. And, and at the same time, you know, what, is, what are the two top tier assets? What are the two number one tier assets? Cash and gold. Well, cash is losing value. Mm -hmm. It's losing value. You can't say it's gaining value in any way if the government is deficit spending and the Fed is printing money, mm -hmm. you know, and they've got more deficit spending on the way. You know, the amount that they're having to spend at zero interest rates to to handle the, the payments is crazy, mm -hmm. right? For to service that debt is already probably like 50% plus of GDP. So um, we'll have to do the research on that. But it, I'm sure it's quite, quite high. Yeah. I'm sure it's surprisingly high and getting worse all the time. So you've got gold as a tier one asset, 
cash that's devaluing fast yeah, as, a, as an asset as well as part of a tier one so yeah the, the uh, this brings us to why is the price low right now i mean we're we're in a dip we're watching the price dip i know that the market okay they the headlines oh oh a lot of the the bullion banks covered their short positions on this hundred dollar pullback in gold yeah okay but like let's see the price move already in mm -hmm. that sense right yeah uh, i know it's short term but Obviously, over the next few years, the price will rise. I guess my question to you is, is this going to be a steady climb? Or do you think the lid is going to come off this thing, which is obviously what every investor in metals, whether it's in the back of their mind or not, is what they're thinking. They want to see the, the crack. They want to see the market just go crazy. Do you think that's how it's going to happen? Or do you think it's going to be like a smooth transition? It'll be smooth. But there are cattail, they call it fat tail events or these type of black swan events that could cause and it probably will cause the thing to snap. I mean, it will be gradual. It may, be, it may pick up in pace along with uh, the, the worries of inflation. But um, we've, been, we've been holding down, held down the last uh, little bit specifically about uh, the Federal Reserve talking last week, Wednesday, um, very dovish or very hawkish rather in their comments. But he, he testified this Tuesday and he totally backtracked and you had um, you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of commentators like Dalio and Lawrence Summers basically just hammering uh, Fed Powell about his remarks that, uh, for example, you know, Ray Dalio says it's easy to say that the Fed should tighten. And I think that they should. But I think you'll see it's a very sensitive market, very, very sensitive economy because uh, the duration of assets has gone very long. And, and the same with Lawrence Summers, uh, the former Treasury Secretary. Uh, he doesn't see uh, the taper effect um, coming to effect and uh, inflation, just to you know, hammer home the inflationary argument, uh, the testimony that Powell gave, he totally backtracked from a week prior. So this is why we saw the little bit of an advance in the Canadian dollar. Everything sort of got a breather with the stocks and the share market. So it's just a matter of time before precious metals uh, starts to carry higher from here. And perhaps it's just a question, a matter of time before people stop listening to him, period, and they're just doing their own thing. That is what that is the ultimate form of economics of just being able to say, no, I'm out for number one. Listen, if we went to $1,000 an ounce on silver, that means if you were to buy a thousand ounces of silver today, which would be less than forty thousand, probably like thirty-seven, thirty-eight thousand dollars, that could potentially be a million dollars. And look, there's only a there's only a couple uh, trillion ounces of silver, right? Yeah. So I think it's one. I think it's like one trillion ounces. Uh, half a billion get mined every year, and it's out the door right away. Mm -hmm. So there's a deficit all the time, and people are continuing to buy the physical. So, you know, as as a commodity that's in very very high demand, not just from investor side, but from industrial side, there is a potential. It's a strategic resource. So definitely worth considering having in your portfolio for those reasons alone. The number. 18778silver the website guildhallwealth.com contact us about getting involved in the physical precious metal market you're listening to the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto and we'll be right back you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto
Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We've been talking about the potential of silver going to $1,000. And the reason we brought that up is because I had a client who uh, we were talking, and he's super, super smart. And he was saying, yep, that's where he thinks it's, it's going. And it just kind of gave me food for thought. And I've always thought, yeah, I think it can easily go to hundred dollars easily 135 140 you start to think about all of the money that's being printed and you go yeah this thing could absolutely go to those type of levels just based on the amount of money that's being printed alone you know where we are today versus where we were in 2010 11 on the first first rounds of quantitative easing are mind-boggling mm -hmm. and so i think in a mind-boggling world that's filled with uncertainties you can expect the unexpected and so i believe yes it could easily do it. it it could absolutely i think once the market breaks through some psychological barriers as well <clears throat> imagine what it's going to look like jerry when the price of silver breaks 50. Mm -hmm. you know how many people are going to get involved at 50 because that was the previous highs right. of 1980 and <clears throat> excuse me in around 2011 we got up to what 48 we get to fifty dollars again. People are going to reset their thinking and say, "Yeah, now that now I now that we're at fifty, I believe it can go to a hundred, hundred and fifty, etc." And I think that's just going to spark the acceleration yeah. of the market. So that that's my thought. Any concluding thoughts on silver at a thousand? Yeah, you have uh, also the the tenet of supply and demand at extremes. Very little to no supply. We're thankful that we're getting product in in waves. Paul has been doing a fantastic job of securing, pivoting when we have to, and getting the physical in stock. But when the prices start to head to parabolic levels, heading over 30, 35, um, the people come on board and it exacerbates the price rise, the acceleration begins, and it's no longer a, a slow process of just waiting for currency exchange declines, currency devaluations, loss of purchasing power. Once the fat tail events or the black swans happen, and there are many of them, uh, Gildal, we have a report, and we're going to talk about the fat tail events. The third hedging benefit provided by precious metals is protection against the sudden unexpected financial crisis, a fat tail event. Examples of fat tail events occur uh, uh, when events are such as war, terrorism, natural disasters, health pandemics, and systemic financial risks such as derivative accident, bankruptcy of a major bank or a major corporation, defaults on bonds, derivative contracts, insurance contracts, and disruption of oil supply. When any of these occur, and we have many of them at right now, especially even more today, traditional financial assets often suffer while the price of precious metals tends to rise dramatically. Where'd you get this? So this is one of our uh, reports that we put together, Guildhall. Uh, you can, you can you know, pick that up or I can send that to you if you'd like to look at that and some of the reasons for gold and silver. But, you know, it's not just your, your strategic or your hedging. This is a very tactical time to allocate some physical precious metals in your possession, in your RSPs and TFSAs. There's nothing more important than preparing for a systemic crisis. All it takes is one bank. It could be a Credit Suisse. It could be one of these banks. And mind you, what did we freeze last year? It was the debt ceiling. We don't know the debts and how, how big the debts and how over the ceiling. We burst through the roof already. They need to raise that roof. They need to open the Sky Dome because the debts have run away on us. And when that realization comes, so, it's the high. I think it's the Rogers Center now. The Rogers Center. <laughs> Sky Dome for me, always. Yeah. But um, as when we come to realize how bad the debt is, 
um, there we go. We can have one bank and it will ripple around the world. And that's when everything exacerbates. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, I do have a correction to make. I said trillion ounces of, of silver in the last segment. And I said they, right. <laughs> yeah, and you said right. And the estimate is, now it's interesting because, uh, you know, I follow David Morgan and for the long t longest time he said two billion ounces. Now they're saying that there's potentially three billion ounces. Uh, maybe they got caught up a little bit over time, but we definitely know that there's a deficit again in the market in terms of how much is coming out of the ground and how much is being absorbed into industry and investment. So you're, you're at a negative every year at this point. But if you just consider those numbers for a moment, let's take them at their word, three billion ounces there's 7 billion plus people on the planet. That means you can't have a single ounce for every person on the planet. And you have people who are in a, a very enviable and lucky position that they can purchase thousands of ounces right. for themselves to protect their wealth and grow their wealth and, and create potential wealth. And imagine what you can do with that potential wealth for society if you were, you know, so lucky and the price goes to four or $500 an ounce, which could easily happen. And this is just ratios. It's just simple math. You keep printing money, the value of gold has to keep going up. The price of gold keeps going up. Right now, it's actually undervalued against its own price, but it's got a long, long way to go. Something else that people can also do to protect their wealth that we've seen over the years is a natural fancy colored diamond. Right now, Jerry, what, what about the natural fancy colored diamond market are you excited about? With inflation, Jeremy, these assets such as rare natural fancy colored diamonds, Guildhall investment grade colored diamonds, these diamonds, because of their rarity and because of their intrinsic value in nature, uh, nature and value, uh, they will move when inflation moves. And this has been shown in the past. Um, these assets are intrinsic. They have been around for thousands of years, part of the wealthy. Uh, we look at the monarchies and, and you know wealthy families. Uh, they never got their wealth from stocks. They did hard asset for hard asset, land, gold, diamond. This makes up a very strategic and tactical portfolio, and they're beautiful and rare. And speaking of, of strategy and tactics, what we've done at Guildhall with regard to natural fancy colored diamonds is what we're trying to do is to take what the very, very wealthy have always known about holding jewels and assets, natural fancy colored diamonds being part of that. Now, they can afford to buy a three carat pink if it's available on the market for millions and millions of dollars. What we're doing from a strategic standpoint is saying, okay, we want to provide this for everyday people. And you have to be strategic and say, okay, when it comes to a yellow diamond, I want a one carat, has to be at least a carat, at least intense, vivid, and it has to be internally flawless. One carat, vivid, internally flawless of the most popular shape, both radiant and cushion cut, less than 50 a year come to market. When you go to the pink diamonds, you want to look at things that are over, over a quarter carat, you're not going to be able to, no, most people can't afford the, the one carat plus. Those are into the hundreds of thousands and millions. But a half carat, a couple hundred thousand, you can do it. If you're looking at a quarter carat, maybe an intense, maybe you can, you can do that for under $100,000. These are the type of diamonds that are going to really continue to rise over the years. So it's worth looking into. 
get one of our guides, learn a little bit about this portfolio. If you maybe if you already have you know, a fair number, a fair amount of gold and silver. Maybe you have your property. Maybe you feel like you're covered and you say, I still don't want all this money in the bank. Now it's maybe time to think about having an asset like a natural fancy colored diamond that you can then use for generational wealth. And generational wealth is about preserving and prospering. We are going to prosper in these hard assets, gold and silver, tremendous heights, uh, highs coming up. Gold, uh, natural fancy color diamonds, pink diamonds going up 300% in the last 15 years. The trajectory is up. The trend is our friend. And we will prosper together in the hard asset space. Looking forward to the, the future here. We believe the prices are going to be going sky high. We're excited to be part of this market. We're very confident in this market. And we believe that it's going to be one great way to protect and prosper during these uncertain times. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for everyone for listening this week. Jerry, thanks for being here. Look forward to speaking to everyone next week here on The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.